Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. And a fine Saturday matinee to you, uh, both gentlemen. Rob, Ocean. Hello. Good morning. Uh, outstanding to yeah. see you both. You're so handsome. 
Oh, uh, well, well, thank you. This thank is you. my freshly rolled out of bed, dust the puff out of my eyes look. So, uh, <laughs> from looking good job. now, that means I can, I can yeah. be able to put effort in. Oh, you know, hell of I got to tell head, you, a lot I'm, of headroom to go yeah, there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I'm a little full though. I've been enjoying my uh, baby Yoda leftover sandwiches all week. Look at it's you, it's Grogu. It's His name is Grogu. It'll always be Baby Yoda. Is this the first no, no. thing we're going to fight about today? His name is Grogu. <laughs> They've on. given him a name. Okay, they are not all the same. Okay, it's just being very species. I just want to come in. Yeah. Yeah. He's the one who pulled species, a holocaust, and holocaust yeah. by eating yeah. the young exactly. of a dying yeah. race. Look, you know what? That's hey, you know some some mammals eat other mammals, that's, right? That's, what, that's what happens. But it's true. Grogu's hungry. Grogu has to eat. He's not eating Grogu. Them. He's not eating them. We all know that. Well, he's he's what? he's down in the hole. He's protecting Wait, them. He's protecting them in his stomach. Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. He's not. No. I mean, have you heard about this? Oh, okay. First no. of all, let me go back. Let me. Let, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to derail right. this. I I had okay, this. Ready. Wait a minute. I have to. You got to let me introduce this segment. I know you guys are excited, but I just it all comes from listener feedback, and that listener happens to be one of our own, uh, Kyle Olson, who wrote me and said, "I was screaming at my phone. Stop asking Star Wars nerd lore to the people who aren't the hardest core Star Wars nerds." Oh, please. <laughs> Please let yeah. us talk about this, and right. that's why we're going to talk about this right now. I'm, okay, first of all, so, I am still enough. scarred from last week's episode, because <laughs> when you guys went into the conversation about what part of Baby Yoda do you eat first, <laughs> that's a problem. So I'm still, I still have issues with this. Slice off the ear. And first of all, you know, you know that there are delicious, plump legs hidden under that cloak. So you're going for the legs first. Why would you set it up like that if you don't, don't want people to think about I eating baby Yoda? A disaster. <laughs> yeah. I, I was thinking eat the hands first, kind of like an appetizer, and then make your way into the meteor portions. <laughs> uh, uh, so there's there's just a lot that's going on in the Mandalorian right now, and people are, are it's just blowing up. And now we're, we're some time out. And so, you know, if you haven't heard, yes, uh, turn it off, skip this chapter. Move forward if you don't want to know about anything related to last week. How how did it all land? This is we've got fan favorite, amazing stuff going on right now on the show. Uh, do what do you think? I I found that I was I came to this a little bit backwards from some Star Wars fans in that you know I've seen all the movies and I was, I was all in on the Mandalorian, but I hadn't watched much of Clone Wars or Rebels beforehand, right? And so when when I started I started a little bit once uh, Bo Katan showed up. And so I started watching. So once I saw Bo-Katan, it was Katie Sackhoff, who I, I love from Battlestar Galactica. So therefore, yeah. I love her in anything she does ever. Um, and so I, I started watching Clone Wars. So I watched you know, the, the, you know some Clone Wars to catch up on my Bo-Katan. So I understood what was going on there. And then once Os- uh, Osaka, Osaka Katano, sorry. Ahsoka. Ahsoka Tano. Ahsoka Tano. Yes. Ahsoka Tano. I always always mispronounce her name. (laughs) When she came on, I then binged the entire last, in a day, I binged the whole last season of Star Wars, uh, The Clone Wars, so I could catch up on all of her lore. And I am now working my way through Rebels. Do you agree that the final season of Clone Wars is some of the best Star Wars that has ever been? That is the opinion. Yeah. Yeah, yes, it is. And, and, and honestly, I'm sitting here wondering if I if we're going to start having the Star Wars, Star Trek argument, because now that you're really with the Mandalorian and now that I've seen what, what the Clone Wars is and what Rebels is, it's like, well, does this property make more sense as a television show? These television shows are amazing. 
They're and, amazing. You know, what they're amazing. And then what the Mandalorian is doing, I mean, not only the casting of Rosario Dawson, but you know, how great it was when she, you know, when she comes out in the beginning and she's doing the double lights, you know, lightsaber fighting with the guys and everything, and you know, sneaking around and using the force to move trees around it. I mean, I was just I I, I found myself far too giddy. Like I, more giddy than an adult man should ever be when you're watching something, you know, yeah, kind of like almost unconsciously giggling about like you know how amazing <laughs> the, the, the whole thing. Look at look at Rob over there. I don't know, yeah. man. Oh, uh, an adult male can get pretty giddy. I was going to say I giggle regularly on like a daily basis. So I mean. And I'm okay with that. No, this was, it was amazing. Look, I know where people weren't sure. The one thing I think that was really great about this and I, and and Ocean, I'm kind of with you. Like I didn't spend a whole lot of time in Clone Wars and Rebels. I went back and have watched, you know, when people talk about big things, I would go back and watch segments. And now with Disney plus over the last year, I've been kind of nitpicking, you know, nitpicking like what I wanted to see. But I got to say, like one of the things that I think really they, they definitely showed a, a fantastic decision was Rosario Dawson in the casting. And I know that there was some really issues with, well, shouldn't they have brought in the person who was the voice actress? Um, no. Right? Oh, no. And here's the deal. Once you've seen this, as opposed to Katie Sackoff, who they did, right? Like, I mean, they did bring in the, the yeah. voice actress yeah. for that. The, Rosario Dawson just nails this character in a way I it's really one of the best performances. I mean, seriously, I would put this tied with Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. Where you just look at yeah. it and you see the whole thing and you go, yeah, that's that's literally perfect. Yeah. Hmm. The, the, uh, yeah, I, I can I can definitely agree and see that. Um I you know, the uh I think similarly with Boca Tam, although I think you get a it's easier there since it was right. Katie Sackoff in the show. And also if you look at Boca Tam, the, the animated version looks a bit like what you know, Katie Sackhoff would look like. Um, so, so that part worked. But yeah, I, I, I was uh, very impressed with not only her, her performance, but also the story, the yeah. way they dragged that episode out. Like a lot of people may have not noticed that uh, the, the episode, the Jedi, it was 47 minutes and mm-hmm. they're, they're clocking in about 30 or 31. And so it allowed it to, the relationship and everything to breathe, right? The relationship of with, you know, Asako with, uh, with Grogu at the beginning when they're sitting there, you know, it's amazing. You're sitting there for about a minute watching the Mandalorian pace back and forth and they're just sitting there nodding at each other and you're still on the edge of your seat riveted because you're like, well, I want to know what's going to happen now. What are they talking about? Well, and until you turn into a a man baby, and I'll admit this, when she says Yoda's name and John Williams' theme starts to play, that was spectacular. It's amazing what they're doing. Both here. of you seem to uh, to react with the idea of not bringing Ashley Eckstein on. I, no, I just loved Rosaria Dawson, but uh, why is there? Uh, why do people not want Ashley Eckstein on? She's been she served the character for a long time. Oh, why do? The, well, no, there was there was controversy when they first announced this, or were alluding yeah. to this. That why don't you bring her? I, I think now when you see it. I, and knowing what she looks like, I mean, and just in terms of stature, I don't think it plays. The character doesn't have then the same physical presence, and that's just just the tr- you know, that's just part of being an yeah. actor and filling a certain role. Well, and they they've aged her. I think they've aged the character in the Correct. animated seasons too far, like beyond right. what Ashley could play. I think. Well, right. there's some of that, and then also I think the other part, which you know you can't uh, ignore in, in in current times, is when you see Ashley. I mean, she's she's white. And she's white and she's a pale white, right? So then, you know, if you put her in that makeup, it's like, well, it's not blackface, but how close are we? 
Well, you know, so, so, well now so wait, I don't like, know. Hey, I don't know if the orange. I don't. Well, now wait, it's orange face. New line it's, of things. Hey, it, it, gets, it gets to be one of those things where you're like, wait a minute, I got a perfectly tanned Rosario Dawson uh, right here. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, because it looked. You know, because even when you, when you see her, when you see Rosario come out, it looks like you really think that the makeup on her is the white painting. Right. Yeah. And, right. and yeah, it isn't a while you realize, right. yeah, she's a little bit darker, but only a little bit. She's about that same color anyway. So therefore, you don't have any of that other stuff. If you took a white actress and put them in that, uh, you know, I, I, especially, especially now, and, and you know, especially these days with the various reactions that people are getting about this type of stuff, about, you know, blackface and everything throughout time. But then even right now, today, it's like, no, you have perfectly good actors. Uh, known actors who would be able to do that role and not look like, and not basically taking a white person and darkening them for the role. And so I, I think that that would have been a real consideration. I'm not saying it's the first consideration, mm-hmm. but I guarantee you it was on the list. The way they left this episode, The End of Jedi, it made me feel mm, bereft a little bit as Mandalorian kind of pulls away and she's left in the woods. And I, I, I'm worried that we're not going to see her again, it, that this was her big episode. And now we just have to wonder, when do we get live action Ahsoka Tano again? No, she's coming back. You think? Well, f- f- Filoni, I haven't sorry, checked f- the credits, honestly. I, I don't know, know who's because, credited. Because in- Filoni, well, F- you heard about Filoni kind of really teased that maybe that final scene in the final episode of Rebels, maybe we don't understand the the timeline here. That they because the, the theory was that the end the ending scene of Rebels spoiler for anybody who hasn't seen it yeah um, I've already seen moved on yeah. yeah you've already moved but Rebel Rebels you know it ends with kind of looking in the in the in the future after Return of the Jedi that she teams up with Sabrine uh, Wren to then go find uh oh, what's his name oh, I was can't believe I forgot this Edger, oh, Ezra 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 okay yes and the theory Ezra, was that that scene. That this scene we just this episode we just watched the Mandalorian that this takes place after that scene. Dave Filoni oh. was basically like, no, maybe not. Right. Oh, they, 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 yeah. They were playing with the timing of when everything, right. when all this stuff happens, and so yeah, I think they're going to have that. I mean, once she says at the end, you know, where where's Admiral Thrawn? Right. I mean, yeah. that's gonna. No, there's gonna, there's that story. There's, there's the, gonna be something else. There's right? the it, Ezra it may not story. be till season three. Right. But there there yeah. There's gonna there's gonna be more of, of this. Well, and and I mean, look at and and here's the deal. I think what they're doing in a spectacular way. I mean, they're setting up seasons three, four, and five of the Mandalorian. Yeah. 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 This is, and frankly, like I could use a whole live action series called The Jedi starring Ahsoka <laughs> yeah. Tano, like yeah. with the yes. white yes. sabers and everything. Yeah. I'm sure. all in yeah. for that. Yeah. You hear me, Disney? Which, which I'll they, keep my subscription for you if you right. do that for me. Oh. Look, Disney's doing great. One of the, yeah, one of the things that you've seen about this is the Mandalorian is so popular. It's like it's the most popular thing in surveys now. And then the next number two is Queen. the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the Netflix. Uh, but yeah. Queen's Gambit on created, Netflix is huge. Exactly. Which this has created a bunch of instances in Clone Wars and Rebels. And I find myself in that same boat where I, I mean, yeah, I've had Disney Plus for a while. I've seen Clone Wars and Rebels there. I didn't watch any of it. But then the second I see Rosario Dawson with two lightsabers, I'm like, well, I need to watch all of this. Right. I am a grown man <laughs> watching cartoons. Exactly. I am. Yeah. No, my, my kids are like looking at me like, what are you watching, are you watching cartoons? Like, yes, I am. Get out. Get out, <laughs> child. You are uninvited. Yes, exactly. Yeah, this is grown folk TV right here. <laughs> Can we, here so, here's the, so here's the question. So here's, here's the big tease then. So who is the Jedi that Save Grogu. 
What's the, what's oh, your, that, what's your guy's prediction? Oh, you mean that saved them to, that brought him out of the temple? Who got him out of the temple. Well, I, I always, I always took that as he was kidnapped from the temple. Like that the Jedi's took him because when, when the Mandalorian gets him, he's, He's not with Jedi's. He's right. I, I'm trying to remember who he's with at that point. But well, they, and then they I, I was fill, always in the right. that that's what happened. Well, no, they got to fill that in. But she's talking when she t- when she's telling him when Ahsoka mm-hmm. is telling him this. She's basically saying he was there at training during the time right. of Episode Three, and some Jedi saved him from the slaughter. Oh, so so the okay. tease is who's who's the Jedi that saved him? And that's the when they answer that question, that I think is going to be amazing because I think what they're trying to say is everyone's thinking, well, not everybody, but there's a significant theory out there. And okay, if you haven't heard this one, prepare to have your mind blown. The theory is that it's Mace Windu. Mace Windu. But he was that, dead. He's maybe, was he? Yeah. He, 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 no. blown out of, he got blown, saying out, not dead, he got blown but, out the window. He's yeah. got his arm cut off. But is he dead? But maybe, you know, I know somebody else who got his arm cut off and threw thrown down a, a exactly. Vent. And and the idea is that maybe he's I mean, okay. Can you imagine if they actually find? Well, here's my point. Can you imagine if they find a way to bring Samuel L. Jackson into this? Good oh lord. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know that they can have him on Disney Plus. <laughs> he's going to have his other show. They're just going to bring him. They're going to bring him to the next room yeah. over. I can't wait. He's doing I'll his take Fury it. series yeah. anyway. It's going to be amazing. That's right. I'll take yeah. it. I'll take every bit of it. Yeah, I, I had not heard that theory that it would be Mace Windu. I um I would be surprised by that because he was supposed to be dead. You know, in but he's it. and not. I guess you know, you're right. If if Darth Maul can live from being cut in half, I yeah. guess Mace Windu can survive okay. getting his arm and, cut off and thrown out of a window. And by the way, think about this. Let's go four steps ahead. You have to bring Mace Windu back. Who else did you just reintroduce in this series? Oh, who? Boba Fett? The person who Mace Windu killed his father? Oh, that would be an interesting yeah. encounter. Well, <laughs> I, but I think Boba Fett. We all we all sort of knew before Mace Window that uh, Mace right. Window that Boba Fett was around, right? That's all, that's well, settled well, science. And I think they they showed him at the end of episode one. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, right. no he's in it. Yeah. So I'm saying yeah. it's yeah. like yeah. it would it would it would just there's there's a really great story coming. I'm there's convinced. a great story. There is. Yeah. There is. And, and and honestly, they have all this great material, and they still haven't gotten back around to you have Boba Fett just sitting in the wings. Because yeah. I mean, let's face it, the initial the initial impetus of this, the initial popularity, I would argue, of this was Boba Fett, right? Even though he's not Boba Fett, he's dressed, he's walking around dressed like Boba Fett. So right. you know, a lot of your initial viewing is because, oh, I love Boba Fett and want to know what's happening. Yeah. So now what this show has brilliantly done is given us two seasons of story. That have nothing to do with Boba Fett that we're excited about. Oh, yeah. That they can even put they can push pause on this and be like, you know what season three is? It's the Fett. And we're not even you wouldn't even be mad. You'd be like, hey, I can wait till season four because I'm getting three, I'm getting a full season of Boba Fett. So yeah, they they have a lot to work with here. If you add all that and all the MCU that's coming, you would think that there is no streaming service that could top Disney Plus. Are you suggesting yeah. possibly that there <laughs> is? There I yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for this segue. Go ahead. (laughs) So, okay. So the breaking story, uh, as we're waking up, of course, at the time of recording, Warner Brothers has announced that all of their theatrical releases in 2021 are day and date coming out on HBO Max. I'll take that. I'll I'll take that, too. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> but what are you so what are you most excited about of the catalog? And we just got to review some of the, the catalog because it's it's a big slate. And I know I just want to know, 
are you more or less excited about any title other than Space Jam, A New Legacy? Oh, oh Tom and Jerry. <laughs> Tom and Jerry. Really? <laughs> no, I uh, no. I can. You already no. told me you're a grown man who giggles, so I put <laughs> nothing past you, Rob. Oh. <laughs> Whenever they would use Tchaikovsky's, I forget what uh, Adagio, that in Tom and Jerry. I always mm-hmm. still love those episodes. By the way, any of you who are classical music fans know that I just pulled that out of the air because I have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah, right. That's but uh, that's amazing. It, no, this. OK, I, so this news is huge in that. I'm OK. What am I looking forward to? The Suicide Squad. OK, I, I'm sort of surprised you didn't say Dune. Oh, Dune. And well, no, actually, for me, it's Suicide Squad. Over is Dune. it really? Yeah. Dune oh, I'm all Dune. I'm all Dune. Yeah, no, I'm 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 oddly with the list most excited about Judas and the Black Messiah. I think that's just the most interesting movie for me personally. But I think that The Matrix Four, mm-hmm. um, you know, th- I just I want to believe they can redeem themselves because you know, two had the greatest twenty minute action sequence ever put to film. It was surrounded by a movie that was meh, and three was you know you started questioning why you're here, right? And so, but The Matrix, the I find that when I saw The Matrix on this list, it was the first, it was the main movie that I looked at that I thought. You know, I really would want to see the Matrix in the theater, mm-hmm. right? You, you know, like a lot of these other ones, I I do. You know, small screen, big screen. I think they, you know, you can make it. Maybe you can create a similar experience. That one I'd want to see in theater. So I'm kind of optimistically hoping that you know theaters are going to be open by the time the Matrix Four is released, so I can go see it in theaters. You know, and get that full experience, and then when I want to watch it ten more times, I can do it at home on HBO Max. I wonder if they're doing this. Uh, if they're doing that bit where they release on HBO Max for the opening window. For, you know, 90 days, whatever you can get it like they're doing with Wonder Woman. And then it goes away. It's 30. Uh, They've actually, that was part of the announcement. Yeah, it it got clarified later in the day. It's 30 days. So it'll be on 30 30 days there and then it'll go away. Then it goes away and it goes into the regular release cycle for streaming services. and Correct. Blu-rays and things like that. So, so then that implies there's a, a two-month break? Yeah. Effectively, so it's on for 30 days, then it's like a one or two-month break where you don't see it on anything. Well, it's in the theater, then, but then it's then that's that's how they're keeping the theater right. owners happy. And to be honest, okay. I'm surprised it's 30 days because in that world, I would have expected it to have been like 14. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I, I think this is I actually think it's it's quite brilliant. And to oh, yeah. and what a power move for them to say this all at once. Uh, the whole slate. We're just we're done messing around. We're not going to we're not messing around anymore. Here we go. Well, there's a because I think there's a reality that hit everybody about yeah. really truthfully what does 2021 look like, and yeah. it's it looks more like 2020. Than it's December 2020, like and this and the the country map is more red yeah. uh, in terms of cases and hospitalizations yeah. than it was in March when they all closed the first time. Yeah. Why would we even be having this dalliance with opening entertainment complexes uh, more broadly? Exactly. In the foreseeable future. Now, do you all find, right. okay, one, and just one last thing I just want to note is I think that's funny about this is of all the services I subscribe to, and this is only for AT&T subscribers that this matters, HBO Max is the only one I don't pay for. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that ridiculous? Because you get it with AT&T? I get it with my AT&T, our cell yeah, phone, our family the plan. new family plan. And it all blows have me it away because yeah. we're going to talk more about, I'm going to talk about it in trailers. It is, it is right now, other than The Mandalorian, and there's one show on CBS that I will also say is also amazing, too. I watch HBO Max almost more than anything else. Really? They just have an incredible set of stuff. I mean, and they've they got, do. They have an incredible thing. Yeah. No, I mean, it's going to be amazing. And they are Warner Brothers all in. This is going to be huge. It will be interesting to see what in 2022 and beyond what impact this finally does have on the theater industry. Yeah. It will be interesting to see. Truly. Um, we've got a couple of uh, speaking of. Let's see. I. 
since you didn't truly name drop Netflix, I'm going to say Netflix uh, Queen's Gambit is as good as they say. Uh, it is Ooh. great dramatic television. It's not really about chess. There's a lot of chess in it, but it's an addiction story. And you need to wrap your heads around that because this uh, Anya Taylor-Joy just puts herself uh, through the ringer. And it's in some cases quite difficult to watch, uh, but it's exceptional television. Um, And we also have some Umbrella Academy news, speaking of Netflix. Uh, I don't know why this is huge news, but it's been made uh, pretty big news that uh, Ellen Page has announced that he is gender non-binary transgender person uh, as of this week. Going by Elliot. Uh, Yep. And uh, they will not be changing the character uh, at all in any way on um, the Umbrella Academy. uh, But he is, um, is, you know has released that message and another great reason to support a great actor. And uh, I can't wait to see the Umbrella Academy next season because it's amazing. I do see why you would have to, you would have to announce that. Um, Not only once, once, uh, once uh, Elliot Bates came out as transgender, you would have to follow up with announcement of what you can do with the character. Are you going to acknowledge that in the character or leave Vanya a sister, because Vanya is definitely a sister female character. So do you leave her that way, or or do you then recognize that in the actor and then change the character? And well, and they've already it, done that. Be also I mean, the the White Violin is a hyper sexualized comic character in the the source material in the graphic novels, and so uh, like they they've already made that transition in the story that. Uh, Vanya is playing a character that is closer to gender non-binary, and it always just read to me like of the time, like this is a character who contains multitudes, and we're just going to watch a great story, and kind of glad that they modernized um, uh, Elliot Page, or they modernized Vanya sort of two seasons ago uh, for the world in which we live, and that's, that's great. And also, and this is this may sound I don't know how I don't know. You tell me how it sounds. I I am unmoved either way, apart for from supporting, sending thoughts of support to Elliot Page, uh, because undoubtedly this will be challenging. But um, so far, Ellen Page gave some fantastic performances in the last two seasons and uh, is an actor that I really like watching. And this changes little shows depth and breadth can't wait to see what happens absolutely completely agreed it's called acting for a reason right right (laughs) yeah right i mean sure yes yeah uh so that's that's the news from that last one maybe maybe the last one can we just talk about the oscars 2021 (gasps) oh jeez god you guys yes and this one where the oscars have decided that they want to they are going to adamantly still have their show which is currently scheduled in april to be in person so, which is baffling. But will right? it? Not only A, baffling in terms of how you're going to pull it off, it, but B, why? It will it, though. Or, or, it, I mean, I'll, I'm yeah. channeling Kyle when I say that. Will it, though? Will it, though? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, though? and that's yeah. the biggest problem of this whole disaster of a PR release that they have committed right now, knowing nothing about what's going to happen next year. Everything that we're told is be patient. Vaccines are not coming uh, tomorrow. Everything we're told is that these are dark days. Uh, The news today was if you believe that if you were at a Thanksgiving uh, celebration in this country with somebody that was not in your immediate family or bubble, 
plan is if you already have the right. disease. That's right. that's the kind of thing we're dealing with. And the Oscars would choose today to release that news. It creates it puts a machine in motion that is extraordinarily expensive that will end up having to be broken, a promise that will ultimately have to be broken. I don't know. I, I'm dubious. So what, what, so when I read it, I went, well, so what was the, what was the point of this? Like, seriously, why would you do this? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I I didn't understand it either. And and I think that honestly it's dangerous in a couple of ways where not only a, is it going to be, I agree that it's probably not going to happen, but two, it it then creates a possibility of that. You've, you've drawn a line in the sand of like this Oscars event is such a big deal. And it's so important that it has to be in person. That's what we need to do with it. That when it doesn't happen, it then starts turning to, well, you know, people say, I start questioning, well, what am I watching? Like, why is it on, why is it on television? Like, you know, why is it on primetime TV? Maybe it should just be on cable somewhere that I, you know, then get on a tape delay or something like that. Like, you know, does this show, you know, they're pretending like it's a show that really, really matters. And it is important to the actors to receive these awards. And, you know, it is, it is a recognition of what I like to say is it's a massive recognition of movies that nobody watches. <laughs> It, um, you know, but at the same time, you know, it's like by doing this and drawing this line in the sand, you do make it where it's like, you know, people may start to question, well, it is the show important. Does it even really need to happen? You know, like, you know, right. and, then be, and then you're kind of spiraling down to where in 2022, when it's more realistic that they could then do this again, by then will people be like, you know, kind of like the host. Nobody cares if there's a host anymore. And then therefore people may no longer care if there's even a show. I am already on the record as being an Oscars antagonist. I I watch them because of the show that we do, but I think they're ridiculous. Uh, But it's even more disappointing that the Hollywood Foreign Press is running the Golden Globes, apparently, in person. Uh, If I were Amy Poehler and Tina Fey, I would say, you are irresponsible. We're not hosting your event. Right. Uh, Sorry, Rob, No, 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 no. Well, first of all, Wait, don't you want to go back to when they did the uh, best acting uh, awards where they the person would talk about the five people would talk about the five nominees? You don't want to go back to that? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Jesus. OK, you know what this and, and here's where I'm going with this is like when you say like, what's the what's the creative or what's the marketing aspect of making this announcement? I really wonder the cynical side of me says, I wonder if they have to say this. Because there are some contracts or insurance writers that for them to get their full refunds. They have to say this. Yeah, and let, yeah it's and probably something to that. In. Probably something to that. Yeah. There will be some sort of remuneration right. on the other side. And maybe that's the most disappointing lesson of this whole thing. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, that's, right? That's, 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 that's a worse reason than what I already had in my head. Yeah, so. no, you're, that was already, you've already taken us to the <laughs> yeah. sixth circle at least. Uh, let's do trailers. Yes. Okay, let's. It's, it's Ocean, the, who was the most first. prepared. Yes, I am first. So, um, okay. So, my the, the movie trailer that I picked is a fictional account of One Incredible Night, February the 25th, 1964, where icons Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, Jim Brown, and Sam Cooke gather to discuss their roles in the civil rights movement and cultural upheaval of the 1960s. And the name of the movie is One Night in Miami. You brothers, you could move mountains without lifting a finger. Minister Malcolm X. Good news, the chariot is coming. Who's the greatest? That's right. Jim Brown takes the ball. Your record is going to stand the test of time. All together, yeah. The entire city of Miami is celebrating. 
I'm the new heavyweight champion of the world, and I don't even have a scratch on my face. Oh my goodness. Cash. Cash? Why am I so pretty? <laughs> hey, congratulations, champ. I can get used to that. Uh, I was made in America, land of the free home of the brave. This movement that we are in is called a struggle because we are fighting for our lives. This ain't about civil rights. They ain't giving black people what they really want. What's that? Hey, I was made in America. That's why I'm out here saving America. Power. Black power. I like the sound of that. Uh, I wish I lived in America. We have to be there for each other. Uh, heard everybody rich. All I gotta do is run, jump, kick. I'm gonna get in your area. Uh, I done made it to America. Uh, I'm amazed at America. Welcome to America. The trailer of the movie looks great and amazing. I do like the idea, uh, not only of the story, where it's it's one of those things of where I like the idea of the story. I, I love that it is a true story. They actually um, did get together. This was the night that um, Cassius Clay at the time uh, beat Sonny Liston for the uh, heavyweight championship of the world. Um, he had, did stay in, ho- in the hotel with Malcolm X because he could not, and they were being uh, protected by the fruit of Islam. They had to, they had to stay over there because, as a black man, Muhammad Ali couldn't stay in the area of Miami where the fight took place, where you know normally boxers and everything that fought there would stay. And so, but the 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 movie looks interesting not only in that it's gathered around a conversation of you know four men who believe well three of the four men who became really civil rights uh, icons of their time, and this conversation has taken place really kind of before they all morph into that role. I mean, Malcolm X really already is, but the, uh, you know, with Jim Brown and Muhammad Ali really are in the beginning of that, of that, of that part of their life where they become much more important issues in terms of uh, social justice and civil rights um, than just as athletes. And so I I think that, um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing it, not only, you know, how, how they're going to, what the, what their dramatic license is with the conversation they're having, especially given that we're looking at this conversation, you know, 60 years, you know, from a lens of 60 years in the future, what we think that conversation would be, but then, then also like, you know, with, with the actors, how they portray that. And then also how they're going to structure the movie in terms of all the flashbacks. So what did you uh, guys think of it? Oh, I thought it looked great. Um, as I was watching the trailer though, and I mean, this, and I really, honestly, I said to myself, someone at the table planning this had to say, let's call it billion dollar quartet. <laughs> Just for the heck of it. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, and I mean that so, all but yeah. good because the guy playing, who's playing Muhammad Ali I just you fall in love the, during the course of this trailer. Uh, oh, yeah, Muhammad Ali is, uh, is uh, Kingsley Ben. No, sorry, Eli. Gorman. Yeah, okay, love it. Sold just on yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I yeah, so. I think uh, there are a couple of things that are going on here that I make me really really happy. I'm first of all Regina King's uh, directorial debut. Oh, yeah. I, she is a, a power hitter, and I this just looks like I, I'm just thinking the first of many incredible pictures that she's going to direct. Like she's just, every time I see her interviewed, every time I read about her, she's just incredibly uh, talented and and brilliant uh, filmmaker, uh, whether she's in front of the camera or now behind. So I'm very excited about that. I think um, uh, Kent Powers, uh, we need to talk about Kent Powers for just a couple of reasons. First of all, he's a writer of, of uh, on Soul, the upcoming Pixar movie. And you guys, Star Trek Discovery staff writer. Oh, uh, yeah. Not a lot wrong with Kent Powers and the stuff that he is is pulling off. But mostly, I, I, I 
fell in love with Aldous Hodge uh, on Leverage. Remember that show, oh, Leverage? Wow. That's, back in 2008. Yeah, you going back away then. Yes. Alec Hardison. Yeah. Oh, man, I watched every yeah. single damn episode of yeah. that show. He was so funny. And uh, I, I just, it's who I am. It's what it is. I just like Aldous Hodge. Yeah. It's whatever. But uh, he's... He's great, and he was great in everything, and I just love that this this uh, movie gives him something, hopefully, to really um, to really sink his teeth into in uh, the role of Jim Brown. So, yeah. looks great. And I love that there's uh, another good role for uh, Leslie Odom Jr. to stretch out yeah. uh, some of his acting chops. And you know, if you don't know who that is, he was uh, he did the ex he was the wonderful Aaron Burr in Alexander Hamilton. And so that I, I like not only that they gave it to him so he could stretch out his acting chops, but hey, you picked the guy that. He can actually sing the songs. Oh, right? he so sounds so any, any good. Scene where Sam doing Cook, Sam Cook so songs, like, well, he's probably actually singing that right there. So yeah, so it it, it looks great, and I'm, I'm glad they did make an adaptation of this uh, of of the play. Um, and that uh, you know, I'm I like that. I'm very curious or interested in uh, th- this time in history and, and these type of things because you know, we a lot of times we know about the broad strokes and the big big pieces of what happened in yeah. the 60s. Um, but let's, it's always good to have these, you know, smaller stories that are that are focused, but also important. We didn't we didn't even say uh, Lance Reddick uh, is in here. No, no, and no, we didn't. Yeah. Lance Reddick is so good. Obviously, he's a hotel manager in John Wick. Uh, but uh, you, you know, I remember him mostly from... Uh, what is it that I remember him from? He was The Wire. Yeah, he was The, the Wire. The, yes, the I don't know, was The Wire. Yeah. Yeah, he's yes. so good. So yes, good. great. Uh, all right. All right. That's good. Uh, Rob, you're next. All right. What do you got? So I got, um, okay. So two reasons how I got here. One is, yeah, my love for HBO Max right now. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be a <laughs> shill for HBO Max. I'm just saying I, I have definitely enjoyed it, especially, and I'm looking forward to 2021. But there has been a documentary and HBO legendary for their documentary making. It is, they just knocked them out of the park. And I was mesmerized for like the last four months. I've been watching The Vow, which is the it's a nine part documentary series about Nexium, which was that crazy sex cult that. Oh, yeah. With uh, the Superman. Yeah, yes. Uh, kids. Uh, Allison Mack. Yeah. And, and, and just Allison and, Mack this, and, and sure. it's I mean, it's insane. And they're going to do a season two where because this was just in the news back in September, the guy who was the leader of this cult, he got finally put in jail. He's now going to be a part of season two. They're going to do interviews from jail. It's it's crazy. HBO just does an amazing thing. They just dropped this past week and the trailer dropped for this. Heaven's Gate, the cult of cults. Now, at the end of the age, I'm afraid I feel is right upon us. This is the biggest cult story in the country. This was a voluntary situation. They may or may not have been influenced, but we'll never know that. But at this point, this is considered a mass suicide investigation. Tiendo gave us the tools to brainwash ourselves. Literally wash out our humanness from our brains. The basic idea of Heaven's Gate was that you would chemically and biologically transform your body, becoming a next level alien, and then you would physically get on board the UFO, which would sail off into heaven. It says Heaven's Gate away team. 39 to beam up. If you're young and you don't know what this is about, in 1997, there was a cult in Southern California that it was a UFO-based religious cult. Long story short, they committed mass suicide. 39 of their members, including their leader, killed themselves in a house in San Diego. 
in the mid nineties, you knew about this because it was insane. And it involved the Hale Bop comet that we all remember that was in the sky during this yeah. time. I mean, it was just crazy. This, I just even, I already kind of tuned into the first 10 minutes of the first episode. I'm going to run through the whole series this weekend. It's only four episodes. It looks amazing. And one of the things that I think are really great about this and the vow is that they dive. It's not just about the aftermath of what a cult does, right? Like what's what's all the bad stuff and everything. They really go into the how and why and what happened, like which I think is so important. Because the world is dealing is dealing with cults all the time. You might be f- familiar with that in the news. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, <laughs> what? <laughs> so it's it's important for us to all learn about what makes us tick. And I would just I would encourage to check it out. It, yeah, it's it crazy that it just is. It, it's bananas. Sorry, so I'm opening another tab, and I got <laughs> I, I can't type like, it. Talk at the same time. <laughs> no, I'm totally. I'm so ready. Uh, but, you know, this is one of those things. It's it's uh, it, it's close to us because the first disappearance was was in '75 from uh, Oregon, and it's just yeah. kind of a West Coast thing. Yeah. You know, it's a West Coast cultist jam. Um, <laughs> this is one of the. You're totally right about HBO. They. They just crush stuff like this, and um, the the team behind it it looks uh, exceptional. I, I think it's going to be just not a lot of fun. Oh yeah, uh, no. to watch, but certainly um, illuminating. Right? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I am. Uh, I do remember when this when this happened in the, the news everywhere. Uh, you know about them all. Uh, you know, committing suicide together uh, in the in the house. Um, so. So that that part was interesting to me. I was not uh, at the time that they didn't grab my attention to learn more about Heaven's Gate, but this documentary looks great. HBO always does a great job with documentaries, and so it does look very interesting to not only understand, um, you know, the I think they're going to do two parts of it that look good to me. Is a you're going to delve a bit into some of the membership to help hopefully understand some of them, but why, right? right? Because that's usually always the question you have is like, well, what is it that gets people into this? You know, like you know how why. Why would why were they believers? Why did they then follow this this man? You know, and so I think that that part looks interesting. And then secondly, you know, the one thing they're doing from the trailer is they really are showing that yeah, you look at him like he's kind of crazy, but you're looking at him like he's crazy kind of in hindsight. There is a, a charisma about exactly. this leader. Right, you know, and so they're really kind of showing you, hey, he was a charismatic speaker. He had a charismatic message, you know, like people could relate to it. And it's like, you know, if you, uh, you know, in, in that they're showing kind of in that light and not in the, you know, the like, like he's some crazy psychopathic killer that was just had had a whole plot to kill, you know, kill a bunch of people. And like, you know, how could you follow him because he's insane? It's like, no, he's not insane. He's charismatic. He is interesting. He has interesting things to say that you can relate to, you know, in certain. Just, in, in certain ways. And so I think that it looks even-handed and entertaining in that. So I think I'll definitely be checking it out. Even-handed and entertaining. It's, it's, hey, it's, it's tough to do with cults because a lot of times with cults, it's like <laughs> you need to make the leader insane, right? Like, because let's face it, the, all the cults up there are always going for Charles Manson. You gotta make yeah, Charles Manson no. so he's crazy. Well, with yeah. Charles Manson, you're like, I don't know what you people were thinking following him, right? So, but it's like, you know, these there are these other ones where it's like, no, they have some charisma to them, right? right? So you, you can see, you can then understand, hey, you know what? Some people may hear these messages and think, yes, that is for me. I sign up with it. I believe that. And then I, I, I want more. Sure. I'm looking forward to it. When is it? When, did we say when the other one came out? When did these come out? Uh, this is already out. They actually, they already released it. Oh, it came yo, out December right. 3rd. It's already, so, we can yeah. do it. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's a December so thing. This, uh, so mine, and you're right, I did, I did not. So the, the, uh, the one night in Miami, it uh, officially releases on Amazon Prime um, on January the 15th. 
Um, oh. It's a Friday of Martin Luther King weekend, so you can have something to do then. Nice. If you want a, a slight teaser for it ahead of, ahead of time, which I think might have been the inspiration for the play, is there is a scene, you can watch the old Will Smith movie, Ali, and there is a scene after he beats Sonny Liston of these four gentlemen in that hotel room together hanging out. That's amazing. Oh, wow. I did not remember that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and you might know the answer to, uh, if you wanted to buy a Sam Cooke album, where would you go? To the record store? Yeah, you would. Ocean Murph. Yeah, <laughs> right. you would. Right. Okay, yeah. just, wanted, just making sure we were still <laughs> yeah. on yeah. the same page. All right. Yep. Uh, I got a movie. Can I talk about my movie? Yeah. Can you pronounce it? I couldn't pronounce it. I had to look it up. Well, it's the, it's the Mauritanian. If you stray outside the designated areas, you will be removed from the island. It's recommended you wear a hijab when visiting your client. We've had incidents of inmates spitting at female lawyers. You want to represent the head recruiter for 9-11. Mohamedou Oldslahi, the Mauritanian, held in Guantanamo. He recruited the guys who flew your friend's plane into the South Tower. He put those men on my husband's plane? I'm going to make him pay. In the event the detainee lunges for you, push back away from the table. We'll get in there as quick as we can. Hollander, this is my associate. We wish to represent you. We are seeking the death penalty, but if we miss something, this guy goes home. Let's get to it. Call this number. Speak to my mother. Tell her, I don't know, something nice. The U.S. government is holding upwards of 700 prisoners in Guantanamo. Since when did we start locking people up without a trial in this country? That's a lot of case files. The prosecution won't show us the evidence they have against you. It's all redacted. You get a problem, take it up with the government. All my time here, I've been told you are guilty. Not for something that I have done, but because of suspicions and associations. I am innocent. He has been interrogated. He has been held against his will for six years without a single charge being laid against him. Doesn't it bother you at all working for someone like this? I'm not just defending him. I'm defending the rule of law. You haven't seen what I've seen. Uh, this is a uh, detainee in the U.S. military's Guantanamo Bay Detention Center is held without charges for over a decade and seeks help from a defense attorney for his release. And uh, this movie, uh, it's uh, it's got a Benedict Cumberbatches in it as the American uh, military uh, JAG uh, uh, person, judge, advocate, general. Uh, we have Shailene Woodley and Jodie Foster uh, in it as the um, wide-eyed. Uh, Defense Council. Uh, we have uh, Tahar Rahim as uh, Mohamedou Uld Slahi. And uh, it looks like an amazing cast it telling a story that I think I think it's going to be interesting because there are names associated with 9-11 that are standout names to me. And there is there are stories of a large number of co-conspirators that were all just a part of it that I don't know anything specific about, right? I can sort of wend my way through the narrative of 9-11, but now it's been long enough. Uh, it's, it's just, it is, it's become big enough in my head that, that I'm not keeping up with the playing cards. You know what I right. mean? If you get the reference right. that uh, I, I'm not getting, I'm not keeping up with the <laughs> reference, right? They're not all in the deck anymore. They're not all in the deck anymore. That is, that is uh, fair. Here we have people who are arguably at the top of 
of their game uh, playing uh, roles that are sobering and serious. And it comes uh, from a director who has done some things that I am a huge fan of. Right. This is Kevin, uh, Kevin McDonald. He did Touching the Void, uh, which was an exceptional film. He's uh, he won. Uh, so he won his Academy Award for one day in September um, and uh, best documentary film, the BAFTA for Marley. Uh, but the movie that I know him best for is Last King of Scotland. I am a massive fan of Last King of Scotland. I love that movie. I think it's fantastic. Um, I think Kevin McDonald has a. Uh, a fair and even hand as a, a director. And I, it makes me more curious. The reason I bring this up and the only thing that has me at all looking at this movie side eyed is Benedict Cumberbatch, who I love playing the gravelly American voice. Can he sustain that for two hours? Can he sustain American military personnel for two hours? I don't know. He'll always be Sherlock to me. This is this is like this is equivalent of calling him Grogu after I've gotten to know him as Cumberbatch. Uh, 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 First off, uh, Grogu's amazing. Uh, Second, this trailer, uh, uh, this trailer took me. uh, I felt through a roller coaster, a little bit of roller coaster of a ride. That's what I think of it. In that, at the very beginning. So you, you, when Jodie Foster is coming in, you figure out that they're going to defend someone from Guantanamo who's clearly, you know, from all everything, all all the dialogue in the first minute is he's clearly guilty. He's clearly, he recruited people to 9-11. He did these horrible things and Jodie Foster is just going to defend him. And so I'm thinking, wow, how are you going to make a movie and try to make this horrible character someone who's sympathetic? Right, you know, because it's like, well, he obviously did it. He's a horrible person, and then you're just kind of, you know, what is it we're trying to do here? Then, then it, then it pivoted a bit, and it got to where it was like, hey, they're they're trying to say that this is really more procedural about rule of law, which you know, you're gonna have me at those. I love anything where they're getting the technical, the technical parts of law and how it apply. And in this case, internationally, you know, questioning why Guantanamo even existed, why it was there, why it was where it was, as opposed to somewhere in the United States, you know, and all that stuff. I love all that. So they, they, they go into there and then they come around and then near the end of the trailer, you start getting, you know, he's, he's becoming more of a sympathetic character and you're seeing that you have a well-rounded story of, of really a story of two sides, right? You know, there's the side of me at the first half of the trailer, which is like, he, well, he's guilty, you know, lock him up, throw away the key, call it good, right? And then the second half of the trailer is like, well, is he a victim? Was he really there? Was he just, you know, is he a victim of circumstance? Was he just, you know, abused by, by the police? You know, like, was he, you know, just grabbed because of his ethnicity, his ethnicity or his religion? Like, you know, what is it? So, I find that that you had those that kind of a roller coaster theme throughout the trailer, which made me really want to see the movie even more. Because then it's like, well, if the trailer gave me this effect, then the movie's going to give me the same thing. And the last thing the trailer gave me, which I gave you, is this: is that I I love Benedict Cumberbatch, and I felt that he I've always felt that he can do just about anything as an actor. And it turns out that's not true. He cannot do a southern accent. And so, <laughs> so there's going to be two hours of me watching Benedict Cumberbatch deliver great lines and dialogue, and the acting is going to be amazing, and his voice is just going to be 100% off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. So we've got one vote. In my corner, questioning the Cumberbatch. What do you think, oh, Rob? Oh, no, that's unanimous. Oh, wow, that was oh, good. All right, we're running <laughs> yeah. the table. So here's okay. the thing. No, I agree with everything. And I'm very interested in this. What got me was, and and what certainly made me disregard Benedict Cumberbatch, Jodie Foster looks stunning in silver hair. 
Can I oh, just yeah. can I just say that's not what I thought you were going to say? What I thought you were going to say was as Jodie Foster ages, she is becoming one with Sybil Shepherd. Oh, oh. <laughs> you are. <gasps> Good, good point. Oh, no, right now. Right now. If you're listening, you have to pause and you have to go watch this trailer because you got to see what we're talking about. Oh, my. That's what it is. Because I kept thinking to myself, she kind of looks like a really old Peggy Carter, but I'm not really sure. Right. Why does this look so familiar? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Okay. So- yeah. You can you can now plot a course backward, not through Jodie Foster's life, but to like 1987 era uh, moonlighting, if you want. Oh, what? Wow. Okay, <laughs> mind blown. Okay, so that's even just blows my mind more. I'm going to watch it again right after we're done with with this. With this right. <laughs> so here's the deal. That's just she just and, and again, I don't mean I don't mean to just, you know, spend so much time on an appearance, but the way she is presented, you're just I'm all in just because I want to watch her for an, two hours. Absolutely. Second thing, huge fan of Tahar Rahim. He played uh, the main character in The Looming Tower, which incidentally is another 9-11 sort of miniseries on Hulu with Jeff Daniels, is fantastic. And it's mainly fantastic because of him. Thank you. When I was looking, I was trying to figure out where did I I see him from. But that, thank you. Yeah, Uh, fantastic. This one, um, I I think it's got a lot of promise. I don't know where it's going to drop, uh, frankly. I don't know who's behind it. It looks like February 19th in the U.S., uh, but it. There isn't an obvious Netflix Amazon connection to to it that I can find, unless you guys oh, have something else. Maybe HBO Max will swoop it. No, up. This, probably HBO. Yeah, Max. no, they'll or Netflix. Somebody <laughs> Netflix or, or HBO. Somebody's going to buy it. Yeah, yeah gonna somebody's going to take it. And maybe Apple TV Plus. I was just yeah. going to say anyway. they this yeah. would fit right in their portfolio. It sure would. Anyway, that's what I got. And now we got to talk about guns akimbo. I just want to say something here. Just, just, we're going to go on a list, right? Yeah, okay, we're doing a list. I just want to say this. So um, our theme is, what is it? Double, double fisted. Uh, double wielding. Not, oh, double wielding. <laughs> double wielding guns. Oh. Oh, that was, okay. I, that's no, I, because, I had it as something different. Okay. What did you have? I had, Are we all doing different du- lists? Double, yeah. Double fisted gunplay. Yeah. Like, that's what, yeah. Okay, okay. But no, this is my point is I would not recommend anybody Google the word double fisted because no, it, it was wrong. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. You, oh, wait, Rob, you, you had, that you had has to Google to, it to know that. Uh, okay. Listen. <laughs> because, because, no, hold on a second. Hold on. I'm not, I'm not a rube. Okay. The thing yeah. is. I, you know, when you do our research all, for stuff like this, all, all appearances, <laughs> yeah, appearances total rude, but okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I'm doing my research and, you know, you're trying to like, okay, whenever the theme is like find these movies. So, you know, you try to type in this stuff. Well, first of all, yeah, double, don't, don't Google double fisted anything. But even then, when no. you try to find like two guns, guy with two guns, you only keep getting the stuff for the movie called two guns. Two guns. So I, two guns. Terrible. I struggled, yeah. but I got there. <laughs> oh, good. Well, well, I, I, I did a different Google search and found many, many options. Oh, with I just said an actor using two guns. Well, I did that too, and so, then it came so, back yeah, with so more then, double then you can get, well, you get lists of other things, but. Yeah. So, so why why are we talking about that? This was based off of I don't even remember where we are in our series. This is because uh, we've got uh, Underworld, right? We're starting Underworld, and uh, she, Celine, 
uses two guns all the time. She just is a two-gun maniac. And, of course, in this movie, we have the legendary sequence where she has her two guns and she shoots the floor around her and falls through the floor to the story below, which Mythbusters has roundly uh, decimated that uh, wonderful effect. It lives on in infamy. Also, the other thing you might find on YouTube if you start searching around for uh, dual-wielding guns are tactical experts demonstrating how <laughs> stupid this is <laughs> yes. that it's impossible to do reliably totally. and you're better off with one gun yeah. just yeah, yeah. one gun and learn to shoot it very fast so this is we're in the world of grand fantasy and it's still amazing uh and with that ocean I'm up. So I I did not agree with the experts and I was like no there are times in in life where two guns are necessary. <laughs> one gun will not do. And so one, one of the well, there is a movie that depicts to me one of these situations. And so uh, imagine if you will that you are a Miami narcotics officer and currently you and your partner are working undercover to infiltrate a group of KKK members bringing ecstasy into your city. And you and your partner go to a KKK meeting that is a front for a drug drop. And in the middle of the meeting, you rip off your, your robes that you've been wearing. You reveal that not only are you cops, but also you're black. <laughs> and I'm talking about Mike Lowry, Marcus Barnett, Burnett, <laughs> in the middle of a <laughs> in Bad Boys 2. It's the opening sequence, and then in the middle of the gunfight, Mike needs two guns to, for this. The, the entire sequence, he not only does it where he has it akimbo out in the cross position shooting people, he shoots the two guns forward. He does the Mel Gibson. I'm going to sit on the. I'm going to roll on the floor and shoot the guns. Shoot both guns at people. So it's 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 two guns everywhere, and it is he so does many it two again guns. in this movie as an encore when they're fighting Haitians. I love it so much that you picked that movie because the one joke that none of us made, and I'm really ashamed of both of you for not doing it, is that Bad Boys for Life is going to clean up at this live in-person Oscar ceremony next year. This movie of 2020. <laughs> that is well, a great pick. That, that right there tells you why it's not going to clean up at the Oscars, because people have watched Bad Boys for Life. The Oscars <laughs> does not give credit to movies that people see. But it's the only movie, Ocean. Uh, when there is an only movie, isn't there some sort of corollary to that position? Yeah, I don't know. You, you, you would think, but I, it's the Oscars. I have ultimate. I ultimately believe they will find some movie that three people have watched and give it five awards. Oh boy, <laughs> you're tough, audience man. Tough. All right, Rob, what do you got? Okay, now a little preface with something. There is a clear. There's a clear movie here that I wanted to. I could have brought this movie in, but I didn't because it has been mentioned before in Satmat. And I'm going to wait until the yeah. end because it's it's the it's the only movie you have to think of when you think of two guns, one person. Anyway, me every John Woo movie. Uh, well, I mean that's on my list later, but we'll get to that. We'll see if it doesn't get stolen. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm going to go with uh, an interesting uh, uh, Sam Raimi of uh, 1995 American Western, The Quick and the Dead. And whose character am I talking about? That's right, Leonardo DiCaprio, the kid. He's got he's got yep. his two guns. He loses to his dad supposedly. But who knows? 
<laughs> if you haven't seen uh, this movie, uh, please run well, and see he it. Wasn't, he, he wasn't quick enough. He wasn't, he wasn't he's quick gonna enough. Come back he's going to train more. The Give best part is, okay, if you know this movie, is, this is Sharon <laughs> Stone, die. Gene Hackman. This movie is ridiculous. It's like Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe's first <laughs> yeah. American. Doesn't Russell Crowe do some double wielding he, he too? Does. Oh, Russell Crowe yeah. yeah. also in that movie has, uh, does, uh, does Guns Akimbo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he's got it. Mm-hmm. The Gary Sinise is in it in like a flashback. Which, if you know the whole story, it's uh, it's ridiculous. I love that movie so much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I I do too. I, it's been way it too long insane. since I've seen that movie, oh, and yeah. I feel like I yeah. I, I yeah. need yeah. to Lance catch it again. Lance Henriksen's in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Lance Henriksen. Right. <laughs> There's a lot going on in that movie. Yes. Oh man, Lance Henriksen. All right. Yeah. Well, I I got a I got a movie. Uh, it's. All right, so you get into this territory with these movies that sometimes you watch them, and when you're searching for them specifically for gunplay, the gunplay is exceptional, and also the movie less so, right? And so I would like to open my bidding tonight with uh, a movie that tries so hard to do so much and achieves only one thing, and that is Gun Kata. The movie I'm talking about, of course, Equilibrium. Oh, From 2002, yeah. starring Kurt, or, uh, written and directed by Kurt Wimmer, starring, bizarrely, <laughs> Christian Bale, yes. Sean Bean, and Emily Watson. <laughs> if you have not seen this movie... You must yeah. go watch the extended. There are many, many clips and, and things on there. Dominic Purcell in this movie, Prison Break uh, alum, where the, the whole concept is that Christian Bale is this martial arts master and the martial arts is gun kata. It's like what gymnastics, gym kata is gymnastics is to martial arts and gym kata is his guns, but gun kata. And he has two guns. Really and it. It's just... <laughs> So much martial arts shooting in the face, in and around the head. You have to see a clip because it, it's so yes. amazing. It's amazing. And it's so good. It's not just shooting with the guns. There are sequences where the guns have extra parts to them yeah. that like pop and snap out and, and become martial arts to- tools, like, like where he actually is beating people in ways that you can only beat people with martial arts. But the best part of this movie is that if, if you don't study this movie for the number of things, you can store up your sleeves you are missing the point this he he not only does he reload his guns he'll like turn his wrist down and 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 clips will come out from his sleeves there are sequences where whole 45s will shoot out of his sleeves and into his fists and the gun kata will begin this movie is ridiculous and everyone should see it okay and just to add you want me to just add the little bit of icing to the top of that Please. It's when you say Christian Bale, and everyone goes, Wait, Christian Bale's in this. Yeah, but wait, it's not Christian Bale like what you think. It's not Batman Christian Bale. It's American psycho Christian Bale. Yeah. (laughs) That's the crazy part. Like yes, what? Yeah, this this I can't. I sort of can't believe I'm third and didn't get this stolen already because it is the movie. Like there is not a character that isn't holding two guns, even if they're yeah. not even shooty characters. Like they're just everybody has guns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, what do you got? I now have some homework. <laughs> 
Okay. So. Don't pay whatever you do. Don't pay to see it. <laughs> Just if, you, if all you do is clips, it's fine. It's okay. fine. <laughs> okay. All right, Ocean. What do you all got? Right. So, uh, oh, okay. So, in keeping with the theme of when two guns are necessary. Um, so, imagine, if you will, that you've been a backstabbing weasel your entire life. Uh, you rose into some positions of power, but even when you got there, you let bad things happen to your to your people, who you were supposed to be protecting and looking out for. And you've looked the other way for so long that your world and your way of life are all now on the brink of destruction. And you find yourself huddled in the last ship that is trying to finally escape into another world to uh, to to escape from the murdering hordes that are killing everyone uh, in, in your in your world, and now they are coming to you. They see your ship. They're coming. They're about to come on board, and they're going to kill everybody. But then you remember that you have two guns. <laughs> one of them is named Des. The other one is named Troy. And you know what you have to do: <laughs> destroy. And that movie. <laughs> is Thor Ragnarok. The actor is Carl Urban playing Scourge. Unbelievable. And during his one redeeming scene in the entire movie at the You're end, absolutely where right. he gets some of the best two machine gun sequences you will ever see. Where he is just, the, it's great and it's amazing. So I, 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 I submit that most people probably have seen Thor Ragnarok, but if you have, this, this scene is worth watching again. And if you haven't, it's worth watching really just for this scene. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of great well, in Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok is great in a lot of ways. It's a great movie. It's really amazing. fun. But this yeah. this scene is a high, sets a high bar. It does. It does. I, I, I yeah. almost can't get words out of my mouth because of the brilliance <laughs> yeah. of that pick. <laughs> and, and the un... Like, didn't see that coming at all. Like, that wasn't yeah. even <laughs> I know. The, the lead up was so... Mwah, too yeah. good. Too good. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, so that means Rob. Okay, so what, here's what's what, really, can you beat this? Because no. I actually have a backup <laughs> to machine gun pick that I thought was going to be the cleanup pick. Now, but now Thor's been played, okay, so no, I can't no. even play it. I'm going to switch gears because I had options in this, and this is going to be ridiculous, and I'm going to apologize in advance. So this, as long as you feel bad about it. Oh yeah. Oh well, no. That's oh, what no, counts. I'm going to get it. Here, here it comes. Because what my next pick is. It's an actual, it's a movie that's inside another movie. What am I talking about? Oh, look at you. Because think about this. What about the horror if the earth stopped to rotate? What if we needed one man to make a difference again? And that man is Tug Speedman. I'm talking about Scorcher 6 Global Meltdown, which is inside the movie inside of, of Tropic Thunder. Which yes, also also does have <laughs> yes. a double gun. <laughs> that that was that was my pick. Oh! That was my pick because it's yeah. the trench coat when he comes out. Goes, when you need more DACA. Well, you can, you almost <laughs> still get that because I was a little worried. I'm like, I know Tom Thunder, right? But I'm like, but no, but Scorcher Six, no issues with Scorcher Six. Yeah. Tug Speedman's got the kids. He's got. He doesn't just have two guns. He's got two babies. <laughs> oh boy okay that's so good all right i i could i actually need to do a, i i should have done a search i didn't uh of just how many of these movies uh there are i'm doing one that is an unnamed number in the series i've watched them all 
I've played all the games, and the one I am choosing is uh, written and directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. Do do you know it? Is there a look of recognition? Let's just let's just say what what happened in his. What else has he done in his career uh, as a director? Well, he's done Mortal Kombat. He's done Event Horizon, Soldier, Alien versus Predator, (laughs) and he had already done one, two movies in this series by the time he truly mastered the craft with Resident Evil Retribution. That's right. This is the story that I wanted all along because we meet uh, Ada Wong, who is the red dress uh, yes. uh character red dressed character played by Lee Bing Bing who is amazing the whole movie is just uh it's just one consistent zombie firefight it's fantastic it's Mila Jovovich's gravy train she's awesome in it Michelle Rodriguez is great she's always great uh it's crazy uh this movie it's crazy that this series is what it is i uh, guilty pleasure it. Sure. Whatever. Sure. I'm fine. It, they're amazing. I love all of Resident Evil stuff. But I'm also a zombie fanatic. Yes. And so zombies and diseases run amok. Uh, you're just, you're, yeah. You're, you're, you're right in my corner. You get this one. Because so, these movies are, I, I find them to be amazing guilty pleasures. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the 2012 entry, uh, Resident Evil Retribution. And this is the fifth. Surprise, surprising everybody. Right? This movie's never been picked. It's, oh, no. <laughs> Have any of them? Any res- no Resident Evils at all. I don't think so. Yeah, all right. Nope. All right. Ocean, back to you. Oh, back to me. Um, okay, so this one was my, obviously, thir- third choice. It is not as prevalent as the other ones. And I was also surprised that it was not, it had not been picked before now. Um, so, <clears throat> basically, then, in keeping with the theme of um, times in which two guns are necessary, So imagine, if you will, that you live in a universe where robots have been helpmates to peoples for many years, but you still don't trust them. And at long last, they have started to take over the city by rounding people up and imposing a curfew. You spring into action and decide that you need to stop this. And while riding your motorcycle to get to the robot's central intelligence and stop these atrocities, you see your near-do-well friend being accosted by a robot. Bicentennial, Naturally, the most logical thing you do at this point is stop and save him. So what do you do? You ride your your bike toward him and you jump it high in the air off a very convenient staircase ramp. And while in midair, it's now time to pull out the two guns you have in your coat, raise up, let go of the handlebars, stand up and 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 let two guns and let your two guns fly, shooting the robot in the head multiple times while your motorcycle careens and takes out some other robots. You, of course, land on the top of a, a conveniently placed car, do a superhero roll, get up and continue blasting robots until there's no one around you with both of your guns. And in this in this movie is iRobot. 
Okay. I was going to land on iRobot. I didn't, yeah. use, I didn't quite have it. Bicentennial I didn't quite have man. it. I was, yes. I was really hoping it was Bicentennial Man. Jeez. <laughs> and it's, this is the one scene in which I, I, I uh, without planning it, picked uh, Will Smith twice. It is the one scene in, the, in there where uh, Will Smith uses two guns for no real apparent reason uh, to, 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 to kill a bunch of robots. Other than that, yeah. he's these days monogamous and has one gun. He has one monogamous. Yeah, that's an outstanding pick and another guilty pleasure for me. I know a lot of people don't like that movie very much. Oh, no, I, 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 I'm I, one I, of the people I, who really likes it. No, I, I really like the movie. It's great. I mean, I mean, the, the scene I described is as ridiculous as I'm describing it. But oh, yeah. uh, the, the movie, the movie is it's very entertaining. It has has actually good themes and good ideas and, and a good performance not only by Will Smith, the the friend that does it is, is an early Shia LaBeouf. Um, and uh, so right. no, it's a, it's a, it's a, it is a fun it's a fun movie to watch and it has a few uh, d- really good ideas and it has uh, I am blanking on that the great character actor the guy that played um, the, the the doctor that died isn't that so uh, Max von Sydow was they no no, no he's not. he was he was also in Star Trek Generations I'm 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 oh, looking um, up right now because yeah, he's great uh, oh Caligula James Cromwell oh James Cromwell oh James Cromwell that's not who I was thinking yeah you're right James Cromwell was in Malcolm McDowell yeah Malcolm McDowell that's who I was thinking of. That's right. I was thinking. Sorry, I was Star Trek: First Contact, which was the yep. only generations movie really worth watching. Um, but yeah, so it was. Um, he was. Yeah, Karma was in that. It was great. But yeah, James. Karma nobody was in nobody really made any comments about my Malcolm McDowell impression, which I think was. Well, okay. It's an episode yeah. if you can't say Caligula once. I mean, come on. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> Anybody hungry? All right, uh, Rob. What do you got? What's your next well, pick? Now, okay, so I had a couple options. I, again, the one I want to—I mean, it's been picked. But this one, I was amazed. This was not—at least I could not see it. Maybe I got the the the, the hyphen wrong. John Woo. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about John Travolta. I'm talking about Nick Cage. Face off. Face off. Yeah. Fa- I mean, yeah. face off is. Is it a guilty pleasure? <laughs> no, face off is an amazing movie. Yeah. It's yeah. beyond that. Yes. Oh. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. Face off, face off I, you're making amazing. me really question movie. my reality a little bit because I, it's been A, so long since I've seen it. And B, really? I, li- I think I remember liking it, but I don't remember if I should. What, here's, no, I guess you, that's you, a definition I mean, of a guilty there, pleasure. There, there are people that would consider that a guilty pleasure, but no, it is. It is a. It is a very entertaining, uh, fun movie. Lots of great action sequences. The right. story, while I don't know that it holds up as much as it was very interesting at that time. Right. You know the the concept of the whole like they're taking their faces off and having them trade and having it where you have two actors, one who's playing. You know they're both playing the hero and the villain. At the, I'm sorry, I'm just still. In the, I'm just. I'm. Ra- I'm raving about your movie. Oh Rob. no we'll no no no. This now, is good. But, yeah, where yeah. they both play the hero and villain. And it's a great movie. No, this is this is part of those '90s movies. I always put this one with Rising Sun. These movies that oh, you know what I mean, like yeah. took technology of the time and said, "Okay, let's just blow it up and let's go crazy and not worry about whether or not it's plausible. Let's just go crazy with the performances." The thing that about this movie is you just got to see Nick Cage and John Travolta have a blast because they're yeah. playing each other and they're playing caricatures of each other, and it's just it's. I mean, it's honestly, it's amusing because of that. And there's action sequences and there's a ridiculous gunfight in a church that's absurd with doves and all of it. The killer. It's and the I whole think, thing. 
I think both of those movies, at the end, you actually can say, wait, she's married to him? Yes! (laughs) (laughs) Yes! Oh, that's... All right. Anyway. That's an aw- that's an awesome pick. I'm gonna, you know what? I we have talked about it. At, we've we've talked about talking about it, and I just it's been so long. I think I have been the spoiler, so we might just have to do a crazy Travolta performances oh, series. That's <laughs> that's on there. Yeah, mm. a lot of material. A lot of material. I got uh, I got one more I got one more pick. Um, and as much as I was looking for a Sybil Shepherd uh, opportunity to drop here just at the very last minute, uh, I'm going to go with my original pick. And it's it's honestly, it's the first one I thought of. Uh, it is uh, a film from 1969 uh, because you haven't dual wielded until you have mastered John Wayne oh. dual wielding in True Grit, oh. where he has he's writing. No, stay with it. He's writing. <laughs> and. He doesn't have enough hands. And so he rides the horse with the reins in his teeth. Huh? Are you with me? And he has a pistol in one hand and a lever action rifle in the other. And he is shooting like a badass. And so uh, I will uh, I'll take and he has one eye. I mean, come on with the true grit. So uh, your depth perception. Yeah, well, he's he, he's amazing because he's always <laughs> yeah, exactly. drunk. He's yeah, he is. He certainly is. So that's mine. True Grit, nineteen sixty nine, and there you have it. Nine films with some exceptional dual wielding uh, yes. of dubious quality. I gotta say, fan, that's a great pick at the end there. These are all great movies, and obviously, I just want to mention this because this is a pick that Ocean had earlier, a few months ago, I think. The number one movie, the first th- movie I thought of when I saw this topic was Desperado. Because that because is he's always wielding two things. I mean, that is the greatest yeah. Yeah. double gun movie yep. of all time. Yep. I just yes. wanted to give it its due right there to remind people yes. how awesome that movie is. Yeah. Go out and watch it. No, there are some exceptional movies. And uh, did you have any highlight films besides Desperado that you you didn't get on your list? Any backups worth mentioning? Um, I, I had two. One that was a small scene that nobody thinks about, which was in uh, Star Wars Attack of the Clones, when uh, Jango Fett is fighting Obi-Wan Kenobi when they're trying to get away. Uh, Jango Fett takes out two blasters yes! and starts blasting him while shooting, while, while rocketing up the, on the ship in the air. It's, it's, it's a great little sequence. And the second one I had, which I just left off because it was kind of, it was just so over the top ridiculous the way it's done, is in the opening sequence of Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. Mm. Um, uh, uh, with Tybalt, who's played by, goodness, I cannot believe I just blinked on his name, but he has two guns and he basically, he, um, he, he basically, I'm oh, sorry, Ed Leguizamo. Ed Leguizamo mm-hmm. yeah. has the, he has two guns and it's the opening sequence when they're at the gas station and he's talking and he comes out and he comes out, of course, logically at a gas station, you know, has a, he's smoking a cigarette and then puts it out on the ground and then he, you know, starts to, uh, starts to, uh, he kicks off a gunfight with two guns and then he, only really shoots once, but it was yeah, it was just ridiculous and it was fun. That is a that's a, that's a great pick. I think it's it's uh, uh, uncharacteristic backup choice for you, Ocean Shakespeare. Yeah, Romeo and Juliet is one of the greatest stories ever written. Wow, no, I, you're I, not going to get an argument that. from me. Yeah, it's just... you know, I love that. I love that story in so many ways. You know, not only do I love it the way it's done in the Baz Luhrmann version yeah. of it. Yeah, I love the I love the old uh, the old movie, which isn't even any good. And, and I love that. And then I I, I love. I love Shakespeare in love. 
which is a movie where they're just talking about making Romeo and Juliet. And right. Romeo and Juliet is, is the greatest story. Look at story. you. Ocean, yeah. you're such a soft. Yeah. yeah I yeah, did yeah, not yeah, know yeah, that. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, no it's, it's, it's a wonderful love story where they die in the end. I mean, isn't that, isn't it's, that love? We live, we live for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. It. Yeah. I just had, I, I can't. Oh, I'm sorry. I had, yeah, I had equilibrium and, and, and I had Tombstone just in case I had to pull it out, but I, you know, I wanted I to was save just going to say <laughs> Tombstone. <laughs> you called down thunder and now you've got it. I'm a United States Marshal. But Doc Holliday, man, are you going to skin that smoke wagon? You're just going to stand there and bleed. Oh, that was Val Kilmer, though, wasn't Wait, it? Wait, no, that's... Well, that's, well, that's, 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 that's Val Kilmer. Kilmer. Like, yeah. Two guns. Yeah. Right. One for each Wait, and by one the way... One for each of you. Hold on a second. Just, and the, okay, you want to come full circle on this? On, on this episode? Yeah. I just realized... Michael Bean, who was in the episode of The Mandalorian that we just talked about, yes. I forgot that he's in Tombstone. He's in Tombstone. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Look at what you yeah, just he's, did there. He's Ringo. Yeah. Right? yeah. He's Ringo. Yeah. At the totally. end, with Doc Holly. Oh. Yeah, it's a big duel. So, yeah. The the only other one I I had on my list was Gross Point Blank because uh, oh. Oh, yeah. John Cusack and Dan Aykroyd both have two guns and but I think we picked Gross Point Blank before a lot and so I didn't. Didn't pick it, but it was a good backup. Uh, that was great. Now, what do we have coming up? So now we're we're in it. We're in Underworld. And so we've got the uh, Underworld Evolution <laughs> is number two in our Underworld series. Welcome to Underworldia, the universe of Underworld we have named Underworldia. And uh, now we need to come up with three choices. Uh, I like the way I like to run this is we each get one off of the list of predefined choices. If you have other choices or variants you would like to play, you get it. That's fine. Uh, you can you can submit, but we each get one and then we get to live with it and see what happens. All right. So who's obviously who's going to go first. Well, let me just run down the list here and just see what 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 strikes you. See if it goes anywhere. Cool. Obviously vampires believe me that's going to stay on the list until somebody picks it over the next four weeks werewolves same thing uh we have uh battling sort of baddies i'm not even sure how we want to characterize who the baddies are in that uh, scenario like if you want to be real specific i i don't know but vampires versus werewolves uh we could have some someone versus someone like a uh, face-off is actually a really great example i would think of this movie uh supernatural creatures in a modern city uh, a modern sort of landscape. Uh, awesome hero outfits. Do you have anybody in mind who can best a straight up 100% uniform of PVC? Um, <laughs> people who transform into something else could be anything. They just change into something else. Uh, immortals, movies about immortals. People who secretly hunt supernatural creatures. That's uh, mysterious father figures, mysterious fathers. Uh, exile. Characters who are in exile, uh, arms traders, lots of good material for that, uh, and of course, uh, fan favorite, gruesomely awesome deaths. That, that one, <laughs> <laughs> that one right there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> he's got it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Was that? <laughs> I mean, I read the list and my eyes just went. Oh, that one. It just went straight down. <laughs> I can't, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, I'm, I'm right. good with that. Yeah, yeah, I'm good with that. I, what do you I like uh, Mysterious Fathers. Mm. Oh, okay. I think they, you can go a lot of different directions with that. Mysterious Fathers. And I am never one to shy away from a, a list that brings up great architecture, supernatural creatures in a modern city. Oh, right. I know, it's weird. 
That's, uh, a, that's our list. That's a nice list. Look at how easy that was. Yeah. Uh, and that's it's going to be a lot of fun. And let me t- where do you guys stand on Underworld? Just a, a brief deal. Are you Underworldians? No. I I enjoyed the movies, um, but I enjoyed them as, you know, kind of the popcorn entertainment that they were. Right. Oh, they so still I, are. I, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so I, I watched them, that. I enjoyed it at the time, and then about two hours later, I was like, I, yeah, I, I, I know I saw it. Yeah. Uh, there are some things in these movies that they do exceptionally well. And as, and as a whole, uh, it, you're exactly right. It is it is what it is. We're, we're having a lot of fun, especially with the discussion around how this movie attempts to break lore and try and put it back together in a way that is at all memorable and uh, where they succeed and, and where they didn't. I mean, there are things that I surprise myself that, huh, I think I learned that about vampires it, from these movies and there's no place else that that exists <laughs> wait so there's there's five of these yeah yeah what okay i gotta yeah. get in on this yeah i have not yeah I've, i was aware of it i did not realize the extent you yeah. haven't seen any of them no i don't i, I don't know they're, they're entertaining yeah they, oh yeah they are great entertaining popcorn i watched a couple of the trailers like because i wanted yeah, to yeah. yeah right but no i haven't i just you know, these just got missed when i yeah. yeah they they try to be serious and they're not and the, as the quicker you come around to that this is not a serious sure. movie the more fun it oh, is oh that's all right sold let me tell you i and i imagine this is what it's like if you're watching an american soap opera in mexico for example right you'll have yeah. subtitles on and the mouths more worry. If there is a Spanish language, any other language track, watch it in that language. You'll get the story because it's a soap opera. Oh, that's awesome. And it's amazing. Okay. It's amazing. <laughs> I've never thought of doing that. Now, now I'm going to have to go watch watch the first one again that way. That sounds great. <laughs> it's worth, worth it. Totally worth it. All right, you guys. Thank you uh, so much for hanging out. Everybody uh, for hanging out with me and Ocean and Rob. We sure appreciate you uh, for doing that. Um, do you want to vote on next week's challenge? Because we would love to have you vote on next week's challenge. You just have to head over to the Show Talk channel and the Next Real Discord server and you can lend your vote uh to the chaos that is list picking uh how do you get in the show talk it's it's so easy uh, just head over to the nextreel.com slash membership and it'll take you over to our membership page where you can become a supporter of the next real family of podcasts for for as little as a buck a month oh so cheap you can become a one reeler join our online community and get access to that show talk channel uh, for a few dollars more you can become a two reeler and get us get in on our show live streams uh, as we record them you get early and ad free access to all of our shows in your very own personal podcast feed and uh, you can access the super secret member channels in discord plus you can now support with a single annual donation as well Thank you all who've joined us. To all of you who are checking us out, your support helps to keep us producing and growing the next real family of podcasts at True Story FM. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Have a wonderful weekend. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. 
Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Get started today. 